Hello and welcome to Deprogram with Carrie Smith. Today is Friday, July 8th. This is a live Kerfefe break and I'm joined today, against all odds, we are doing this show live. I'm joined today with Mystery Chris, my usual co-host for Wednesday Night Pop Culture. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hey, Carrie. How are you? I'm good. I like your new avatar, how it's larger and centered. It looks really yeah. nice. I want people to see my face, my cartoon face more. <laughs> Your cartoon face. We've had a lot of requests. You should know. I don't know if you what, uh, read the comments ever. A lot of requests for you to come out from behind your avatar eventually. And uh, just letting you know that desire is still there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to put on white face and then I'll take off <laughs> the avatar and be a white man uh, if it's your first time here, this is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays, and we're still up, decided let's just hang out with people despite technical difficulties, um, and we appreciate you guys being here. So uh, my, uh, just an update for you, my laptop is dead, it cannot be revived, so I'm going to buy a new computer today after this show, because my husband's, this is his laptop, and he's got to take it with him on the road, so we'll, we'll make this happen though. Um, thank you. If you guys have been here before, uh, please consider liking the video, hitting subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed, there are other ways you can support the show if you want to. Um, we have a locals, we have a paid Patreon, we have a subscribe star. We're going to be doing book club this month. We're reading the Anthony Fauci book, uh, which is very dense and you still have time to join us for book club for that. So I think that's all the announcements. How are you today? You're still on the road. Yeah, I'm I'm living the dream at my parents' house. So yeah. <laughs> that's nice, though. Stuff. Yeah. Why did yeah. you get the whole week off just for the holidays? I no, I took it off. I was tired. <laughs> I needed a break, so I took the whole damn week off. So yeah, spent some time with the folks and going through all my old stuff, old books, old toys. Good times. That's, that's great. Well, also, I'm glad you can be here during the day for that's pretty special to have you here i know it feels weird it's odd the sun's it's out odd. We're talking to you that's weird yeah usually we're talking at nighttime for yeah. those who don't know we do a wednesday night show called popped culture that's topics specific uh different interesting topics that uh chris and i come up with and uh and so usually yeah that's a late night on wednesdays so today i want to talk about something you told me right before we started that you have not even watched yet so this will be great i can introduce this to you as well you are you even aware of what happened in the past week with macy gray no no i i, I didn't even know she was still alive like i haven't <laughs> heard of macy gray since like spider-man movie came out in 2002 oh no well yep she's still out there and she she said something a few days ago just a few i think three short days ago on piers morgan she made some statements about what it means to be a woman that uh, caused quite a stir online. So since you're not familiar with this, I'm just going to play it. I'll let her speak for herself. And Does she still sound like a Muppet? You think she sounds like a Muppet? Yes. Mm-hmm, to say goodbye. And I, don't... <laughs> right. I like her voice. I think it's very <laughs> unique. Okay. Are you not a fan? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay. Just come right out and say it. Okay. So this video here, this is her video on Piers Morgan. Let me try to make this bigger. 
And he still um, has a show? Good Lord. He still has a show. And let's start it over from the beginning. If I asked you what a I think we got it all the way up. Okay. He's asking her what is a woman. Here we go. Can you see that? Yes. If I asked you what a woman is, what would you say? Let's say uh, a human being with uh, boobs. How <laughs> you to start there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the dictionary is quite straightforward. It just says a, a human adult female, yeah. right? No, a lot of people. Yeah, see, that's, now that's a little getting confusing. The whole piece today, that's, that's going to And I'm not rap. sure why, really. It's, it's a bit like this whole issue of, of transgenders mm -hmm. in sport. I, can, I support all trans rights to fairness and equality. Me too. But not where you have people born to obvious physical superior bodies. Me too. Transitioning and then thrashing the women at their sport. I totally agree. And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. Mm. Like, if you want me to call you a her, I will. Because that's what you want. But that doesn't make you a woman just because I call you a her and just because you got a surgery. Because people do feel, feel that you, there's biological sex and then there's gender identity. That you right. can identify as whatever you like you in terms of a gender, right? Yeah, that's totally. the freedom we live in. Absolutely. But actually, you can't change the mechanics of biological sex. They are what they are. Well, just every, like women go through just a, a completely unique experience mm -hmm. and, and, and surgery or, or you know, finding yourself doesn't doesn't change that. You know, being a, a little girl is, is a whole epic book, you know, and and you can't you can't have that just because you want to be a woman. I mean, you know, you that when, when people like J.K. Rowling have, have said this, mm -hmm. they get attacked, they get abused. Yeah. The cancel culture mob comes from me. She gets called. A, she gets called transphobic and so on. You might get the same for saying it. But it's the truth. I'm not. I, and I and the, and 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 I don't think you should be called transphobic just because you don't agree with. You know, I, I just there's a lot of you know, judgment and throwing you know stones at people for for just saying what it is. You know what I mean? Okay. For, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, the Muppet lady is making sense. She's speaking truth. She seems pretty confident in what she's saying, and she's speaking common sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and I think with the whole trans stuff, I think a lot of people are still trying to conflate, you know, gender identity with sex. And so from her point of view and from Pierce's point of view, it looks like they were making more of the sex argument saying that there's differences between the sexes and that even though someone may identify as a particular gender, that doesn't make you of the opposite sex. And so I think we see a lot going on with people still trying to mix those two things and call them the same when, you know, just because you're a man or, or a biological woman and you identify with the opposite gender doesn't make you that um, you know sex you could still you could be a, a woman who feels masculine or a man who feels feminine but that doesn't make you a woman if you're a man or a, uh, makes you a man if you're a woman right and she even says you know if you want to be called she and her or woman i will if that's what you want i'm just but you're not biologically you're not a woman it's right. just reality i mean and you shouldn't be called transphobic for that and I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with what she's saying. It's the truth. It's biological reality. 
it's 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 the it 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 actually it shocks me that we even have to have this conversation mm -hmm. in 2022 that we even <laughs> that it's even a topic of discussion what is a woman is it possible is it really possible to change your sex through surgery no, no it's not <laughs> like and and so what do you think happened to her after that uh, i'm guessing a lot of white people on twitter attacked her <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't, is a little surprising because you you think her black card would you know kind of make her more immune to criticisms because a lot of black people are not down with LGBTQ stuff. It's one of the reasons why a lot of black men are secretly gay and they're still in the closet because it's not something that's really embraced by blacks, and that seems to be something that a lot of people won't acknowledge that you know the quote unquote black community does not really embrace LGBTQ stuff, and so. I, I, based on what you were saying earlier, what you're alluding to, I'm guessing a lot of white, you know, leftists attacked her because, you know, it doesn't matter to them because a lot of them are showing that they don't really buy into the whole, you know, identity hierarchy where you're not allowed to criticize someone based on that particular race. And so a lot of them probably, much like they were going after Clarence Thomas, probably let fly some uh, pretty nasty words. I didn't get far enough into the comments on her post to see if there were people calling her the N-word, although I agree with you, there probably were, because that's what happens a lot of times. You will see white leftists just start using that word willy-nilly um, if it's a black person who doesn't agree with social justice. So they, she did get piled on. The mob came for her. All the things you can imagine, just like the mob came for J.K. Rowling, and at first, I, I learned about this on a show on Wednesday night after you and I did our show. I was on the Midweek Hump. I didn't even know about this Macy Gray stuff. And she had just put this out on her Twitter, which I thought was so encouraging. And I, I made a prediction, and I was wrong. I made a prediction that she was going to stand firm in truth because of this statement that she put on her Twitter. And, and for anyone just listening, it says, All of you coming on my page, threatening me and calling me names, just because I said something you don't agree with, be whatever you want to be and F off. Which, I mean, I wanted to applaud for that. I was like, great. We finally got someone who, another person, a strong person like JK Rowling, who's going to say, no, I agree with you on this X, Y, and Z, but I don't agree with you on ABC or LG or on Q or on T or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and so I really thought, okay, she's going to stand firm. And at the same time, there was, did you see the Bette Midler stuff? I loosely heard about it. Yeah. She said something about, you know, that they were trying to, the LG trans stuff was distracting from women things and they were trying to steal womanhood or something. To that, yeah. To that so, Around the same time that Midler, same thing happened to her. She made some statements of truth, statements of fact, and got piled on um, for similar stuff. And so my prediction was that she was the one that was going to fold first and <laughs> issue a huge apology. Um, just because Bette Midler, I'm going to find this one. I'll put it up too. Um, Bette Midler is sort of, she's... Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy eyes. Yeah. I don't know if, if you guys don't follow her on uh, Twitter, you may, you might not realize this. One, one interesting thing that Twitter has done is show, show us um, who the celebrities are who are a little bit off their rocker. 
which we may not have been able to know in in previous before before there was stuff like the internet and Twitter. I mean, That's if you true. follow her, she's sort of like Deborah Messing and uh, Cher. All three of those, they're like cuckoo bananas. Um, they regularly post stuff in all caps. They regularly are quite hysterical and hyperbolic, and uh, they have a lot of hatred that they vent towards Trump and conservatives and anyone. They're just just over the top. Um, kind of fanatical and so i just assumed that bet midler being in that more in that world that crazy part of the left that she would bend first this is what she said they got her in trouble around the same time and if anyone's just listening i'll read it she says women of the world in all caps <laughs> <laughs> see we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies our lives and even of our name they don't call us women anymore they call us birthing people or menstruators and even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. Okay, again, this is actually true. This part here about they don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people, menstruators, people with vaginas. It's absolutely true. And it's dehumanizing language. Yes, it's dehumanizing language. And... Uh, She's been piled on. Now, she's done a couple of tweets since Bette Midler has where she's like putting out her bona fides, right? Where they start mm -hmm. listing their credentials. I have fought for marginalized people my whole <laughs> career. And, you know, and she's trying to fend off the mob that way. But as far as I can tell, she hasn't done yet what Macy Gray just did. And this is, this is, okay. Oh, I'm going to yeah. play this video for you. Um, this is after she spoke with such confidence um it, that video on Piers Morgan appears she appears very natural and relaxed and genuine just sharing her true point of view based in reality and in fact and after she posted her tweet about how you know just you guys can f off go be you I'll be me um then she went on the today show so here we go uh this one this one's a bit harder to watch <laughs> Uh, it's kind of excruciating. <laughs> okay. The worst episode of Sesame Street ever. You, it's so funny you call her a Muppet. I love her voice. Okay. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. Uh, this was yesterday on the Today Show. We're back with Grammy-winning singer Macy Gray. She came onto the music scene more than two decades ago, and now Macy's getting ready to drop her latest album. It is called The Reset. She is going to be performing one of the songs off that album in just a few this minutes. Great, uh, it's good to see you. Um, I've actually felt like I've seen a lot of you. What'd you say? It's missing a great there. The word a great? great. The oh. Word. <laughs> oh, the great reset. I see. <laughs> <laughs> you in the past few days recently. Yeah. You were on the Piers Morgan show and there was a question about trans women. And this was what you said in part, as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. If you want me to call you a her, I will, because that's what you want, but that doesn't make you a woman. Just because I call you a her, just because you've got a surgery, you can call yourself whatever you want. There was a wave of, of backlash that right. came as a result. Um, right. Just tell me where you are right now on that statement. Well, uh, I never, of course, never meant to hurt anybody with with uh, what I said. I'm a, I'm actually a huge uh, 
I think it takes a lot of courage to be yourself, to, to, to go out in the world and be honest about who you are. And uh, so I think anyone who is uh, in the LGBT community is a hero and, and sets an example for all of us with that, you know? Um, so I said some things uh, that, that uh, didn't go over well. But um, my intention was never to, to hurt anybody. I feel bad uh, that I did hurt some people. And, and I think it's, it's um, you know, just about education. It's about conversation and, and us getting to a point where we understand each other. And, and, um, and, and that, that only happens with, you know, I've, I've learned a lot through this. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was one of the reasons uh, it might have happened. Just it was a, a huge learning experience for me, and and uh, and I, I just have a compassion for for you know what I, I think you 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 can like I said, <laughs> you can call yourself uh, what, like you you whoever you believe you are, and mm -hmm. and no one can dictate that for you or take that away from you. You yeah. know. I think life is an education process. The more you sit yeah. with people, the more you talk to people, it changes your perspective. So has, has your perspective changed, do you feel? I've, I've learned so much and I, and I think, um, you know, being a woman is a vibe and it's something I'm, I'm very proud of. <laughs> and it's, it's very precious to me. And, and no. I, I think that if you, in your heart, feel that that's what you are, then that's what you are, regardless of what anybody says mm -hmm. or thinks. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. So, uh, um, we don't, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've it's learned just like a, Absolutely. Right, and well, I'm glad I did. Well, now I know. Well, thank you for clearing that up because I think people got confused yeah. and people sometimes you realize that through education. Thanks for clearing that up. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very coherent what she was saying. That was like watching a hostage video. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You, because, you know, if you're a woman, yeah, you want to be a woman. You know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, I love women and people are just women, you know. Yeah. You're right. Hostage video is she doesn't have the confidence she had on Piers Morgan because no. these aren't her beliefs. She doesn't have this is all stuff she's now been told she needs to say and she's going along with it. And it doesn't there's no confidence there. She's tripping over a word. She starts she does that thing people do. I do this quite a bit, but but she's doing a lot of it where you start a sentence and then you start another sentence and you start yeah. another because you're you've got flight of thought. And I think she has the flight of thought she's trying to land on exactly the right wording to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is she afraid of losing? Like, if she, uh, you know, stood fast and, you know, didn't back down from what she originally said, what, what, what would be the cost to her? I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's been a while since she's had a hit. Like, a couple decades. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, are you afraid of being canceled? I mean not much to cancel i mean it's i don't think that the they understand <clears throat> that she would probably be more popular and sell more records yeah. if she took a stand and made a name for herself as someone who took a stand just speaking basic biological reality and truth in love with no bigotry and no hatred and no phobia just saying what is true which is she said even if you get surgery, I mean, you're not a woman, but I'll call you her if you want. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And now she's on here stumbling over her words. I notice she talks about hurting people. She's making an apology if she hurt people. They always, they weaponize hurt 
they weaponize hurt. And that's why yes. they use it because they know that it works with some people. People don't want to hurt others. And so they, they will use that, but it's disingenuous. It's lying. They're not, nobody's actually hurt by that. Yeah. It's emotional manipulation. It's emotional yeah. manipulation. So she starts off with that talking about how she hurt people later on. She backs that up by saying compassion, you know, something about having compassion for people. The ultimate kicker, I think, is when she says, you are what, whatever you believe you are. Yeah. <laughs> makes no sense. It makes no I sense. The reporter didn't even like say, oh, what do you mean by that? Can you clarify? It's like, no, no. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank you. making such a clear and concise statement. Yeah. The re- stand for marginalized people. The, the reporter doesn't back doesn't dig into that because no. the reporter is a part of this whole facade and this whole circus and this whole um you know publicized conversion therapy that we're watching happen right in front of us this sort of as you said a hostage video or people have called this uh this is like the re-education the struggle sessions mm-hmm. in common china where you're having to come in and denounce the truth and speak lies and she can't even speak those lies confident confidently but the reporter's sitting there like Okay, you did. You did it. Thank you for coming in and clearing <laughs> that up. You're not actually a, a horrible transphobe bigot, are you? You know, <laughs> you don't actually believe in biological reality, do you? No. Uh, that was just very disappointing. Yes, and it, you know one of the frustrating things too is seeing the lack of support by feminists for women who are saying this because it is an attack on <laughs> womanhood. I mean, they're being sidelined where, you know, your whole quote unquote struggle is being cast aside and you're having men. It's most, this trans stuff is mostly men to female. You're having them kind of take that and become the new struggle <laughs> where the men are now the women and now they're oppressed by whatever system, cis, patriarchy, whatever. I don't know what the term is. And the, the fact that feminists are just sitting around, just letting this go by, like not seeing how, how damaging this is to the things that they, they claim they want. I mean, it's like, you know, years ago when I, I dated a feminist and, you know, she's talking about how um, much she loved going out to the club and dancing to the rap songs, but how she had mixed feelings because how misogynistic rap lyrics were. And I was like, yes. <laughs> But black people don't get criticized, you know, as long as it's in musical form, in rap music, for making misogynistic uh, statements. Yeah. Yeah, it's that disconnect between what they say they believe and then watching mm-hmm. their behavior. Um, and actually, I will, with a caveat, there are feminists who speak against this, who've been speaking against it from the beginning. But those feminists get sidelined and right. maligned and even permabanned. Megan Murphy is one of them. They get called turfs. They get pushed, effectively pushed out of feminism by all of these new woke social justice feminists. And and so they're sort of relegated to the sidelines. And and or they if they have a big platform like J.K. Rowling, where you you can't shut her up, you know, <laughs> she has a big enough platform. Um, they're just constantly pilloried and used as an example of like, this is what will happen to you. I'm sure that people like Macy Gray and Bette Midler are, I'm sure they had handlers who were talking to them like, you don't want to become J.K. Rowling, do you? And and it just becomes this warning sign of, of, of like, you know, you don't, 
you know, you don't want to be a JK, like, like JK Rowling. Now they probably use that in such a negative way, the way that they use Trump or anything that it doesn't right. even, you don't, they don't even have to explain what they mean by that. They're just like, you're not like JK. Are you? Oh no, not me. I'm not like that. You know? Well, you, you heard about uh, Emma Watson who said that she refused to be a part of any Harry Potter sequel if J.K. Rowling's involved in it. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that's one of the ways they also, they do this bullying, this cancel culture, this shaming is uh, they put pressure on people to disassociate and to not engage with people who are wrong thinkers who speak that truth, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I wasn't aware that Emma Watts had said that. That's really disgusting. <laughs> 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 Actually, but I'm sure that's been happening. Yes. Yeah, um, there's yeah. one thing you said about this, this whole explosion of trans identifying people. And you said it's mostly men identifying as women. I think that's probably true for the people who are well into adulthood, like Rachel, so-called Rachel Levine. I don't know what his original name is. Those people who are just now saying like a lot of them who are just now saying, oh, I'm actually a woman. I think I think it, what we're seeing is that that is a lot of biological men making that that, you know, very public uh, announcement and transition. But with younger people, there's been an explosion of girls who are now saying that they're trans men or boys or non-binary. And um I think those are the people that you're also mostly seeing. Have you ever watched any of the detransition videos on YouTube? No, I haven't. There's a ton. If anybody's interested, just look up my detransition story. There's people like Helena, who I've been fortunate enough to interview in the past. There's a lot of women who are now speaking about it. And for some reason, it seems to be mostly the women who are, who are um, what I would call trans trending, where it's like, Oh, I must be trans. And then rushing into this as adolescents, in some cases, getting surgery, getting cross-sex hormones before they're even 18. Um, and then as young adults, regretting all of it and trying to detransition at that point. Mm -hmm. It's an overwhelming number of women that that's happening to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them also have uh, autism or, ha or neurodivergent in some way. I think that, th that those kids are the ones who are especially susceptible to all this. So it's, I don't know. It's just a, I think we're going to look back on all this. Hopefully if things work out in 10 to 20 years, we're going to look back on it and hang our heads in shame and look at it the same way we did foot binding where it's like, how could mm -hmm. people allow that to happen? Yeah. Um, well, for a lot of adult men, I think a lot of them transition because you're going from a position where, society's blaming you for all the issues going on and then you can remake yourself into something in which you're granted privileges where you're no longer being blamed for every ill in society and now you're being given special rights or privileges to do whatever it's it's a power thing and, and so the desire for people to have that power i think causes a lot of them to try to go up this hierarchy ladder this identity politics politics hierarchy ladder to positions that they believe are the most powerful and can't really do that with race but you mm -hmm. can do that with gender so that's a lot easier for people who really feel they have no power to to try to get into a position where they do have yeah. quote-unquote power because now they're now they're a marginalized person mm -hmm. yeah plus for a lot of the men it's 
I think it's probably there's a lot of auto, what they call autogynophilia in there, where it's just that fetish of seeing themselves as a woman. Um, a lot of them are still dating they're dating women and they're now they're calling themselves lesbians and it's more of a fetish. Like in some of the stories, there was one story about a CEO and this was being touted everywhere. Like you're saying, all of a sudden this guy was getting a ton of attention because he decided to come out as a woman. And if you read his story, it all started with um, cross-dressing in a, in his hotel rooms, like with ladies underwear and stuff. It was, it was sort of a fetish thing about women's, under things you know and then it develops and the thrill he wrote about the thrill he would get went the first time he dressed in a woman's clothes and went out into public it's that thrill it's not it, i think he i think there's a lot of people trying to um to hide that among the what i think might be very real feelings of feeling like i can finally be myself for the small fraction of one percent of people who have gender dysphoria mm-hmm they're trying to couch it in that and say, it's like that. It's not, you're getting an erotic thrill, putting on ladies <laughs> underwear and going out in public, dude. You know, it's like duper's delight. You're wearing that dress. Like, Oh, I'm passing as a woman. <laughs> something gross about that. I think. But, I wonder uh, what would happen if J. Edgar Hoover was still alive. He'd probably be like Rachel Levine. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I don't know. <laughs> you you said something about race and how it's not acceptable to do this with race yet. Could you share more of your thoughts on that? Why hasn't that caught on yet? Like Rachel Dolezal is one who said she was raised as black, that uh, race is a social construct, just like they, they say race is a social construct, just like they say sex and gender are social constructs. And so Rachel Dolezal was using that argument when she was exposed as not really being black. And there's been a ton of these leftist since. I don't know if you followed this. It's been like four or five of them who've been hiding uh, in positions of, of power uh, within leftist movements and, and disguising themselves as yes. either black or, or Latina. Sean King. Sean King. <laughs> Talcum X. <laughs> Talcum X. So, so why is that not, why is that not, uh, fully acceptable within woke yet to say I'm trans race. I've, I grew up among black people. I always identify with black culture. I love black food and music and, and all my friends and family are black and I've always felt black. I am black. Why is that not acceptable? Uh, cause of black people. <laughs> the, the, you saw the Rachel Dolezal Netflix special. I did. How many years it came out, but no, you should watch it. Uh, the Rachel divide, I think it's called. But in that, there was a moment where she's doing this uh, speech at some, I don't know if it was a college campus or something, and uh, there's a bunch of uh, overweight, mad black women in the audience. And, you know, she, Rachel Dole is always explaining that, you know, she's black and, you know, these black women get up one by one, speak on the microphone, and they start saying, you are not black. I'm black because you haven't been through, you know, you haven't been harassed by the police. You haven't been, you know, uh, a victim of racism. And it became clear to me that so many of these black women, I think a lot of black people in general are, when they think of blackness, they're defining it more about white people victimizing us, turning us into, you know, victims of, you know, whatever. And I think because of that, because many blacks don't feel that 
white person, you know, identifying as black could truly be black solely because they haven't been the victim of systemic racism. I think that's why you're not seeing it proliferate at the degree that some people think it would, considering the view towards gender. Because I ultimately just, I don't think a lot of black people are going to go along with that, you know, especially in a society where people believe that white people can't be the victim of systemic oppression. Yeah. See that, that is exactly, that's interesting because that's exactly the um, argument or the, the reason that some of the old school feminists are, are pushing back, I think against this gender ideology stuff. And it's definitely the place where Bette Midler was coming from. Bette Midler and, and others are basically saying, you don't know what it's like to be a woman because you haven't faced the oppression that women face, which is similar to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You don't know they're defining being a woman or being black by they're still within the social justice framework in a way because they're defining blackness or womanhood as, um, as being a victim of oppression, as being a yes. victim of being a part of a marginalized group. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's absolutely no definitions related to science. <laughs> or biology or anything like that it's just purely based on the experiences of the group or perceived experience it doesn't even necessarily have to be true to the degree that people are alleging but you know just that perceived uh, view of the group and how it ranks on that hierarchy of oppression really determines that people can move that's that's it. why that's a losing argument women that is a losing argument to say you're not a woman because you haven't faced the um systemic oppression that women have faced mm. or for black people to say the same thing that's a losing argument because all all the the social justice people are going to say is and right rightly so well if we pass then we have experienced it <laughs> that's what they'll say that's what rachel dolezal said mm -hmm. i remember her saying that she said she'd been pulled over before by cops because she's black now that may or may not be true, but if a person appears to be black, you don't you don't have a leg to stand on. If a person passes as a woman, you don't have a leg to stand on. If you say they're not, they might, you know, it's it's very likely that they have been. Who knows? They have maybe were treated differently because someone thought they were black or a woman. So that's not even a good argument. I think the best argument is just is just reality. Just make the stand on reality. You, why are you not a woman? Because you're you don't produce eggs you don't have a biological you don't have a female bot you're not an adult human female that's why you're not a woman mm -hmm. <laughs> well, well, but why do you think like the whole concept of cultural appropriation isn't applied to two sexes in the same way yeah because you know the argument you know many have against rachel dolezal or you know talcum x or any of these other ones is that they're taking you know, black, you know, uh, aesthetics and trying to co-opt the black struggle to benefit themselves. But, you know, given that we have all the issues of trans stuff, it seems like a man can uh, adapt the aesthetics of a woman, whether he legitimately believes, you know, he's a woman or if it's just drag. You know, I've heard people refer to drag as woman face, where <laughs> a bunch of men who are pretending to be women and doing stereotypical, you know, acts. Mm -hmm. dressed up as women i think the answer to that question it, it relates to the very same question I asked you is why why hasn't social justice um yet embraced the, the idea that, that people can claim to be trans race it's related to the same thing because in the social justice hierarchy of oppression 
which is always changing. It's like the stock market. You got to see who's up at the top right now. Like, um, but in that hierarchy of oppression, they put black people very, very close to the top. And, and women are not close to the top. They put women down here somewhere. And, and so I think the, what you said, it's because black people won't allow it yet. Social justice people have not yet pushed this idea that, that you can suddenly claim to be black um, and, and that it's, it's not cultural appropriation to do so because black people won't have it. Whereas women will have it. Look at all the women out here pushing gender ideology. Women will have it. Well, like as a group, not all of us, of course, but as a group, women have ushered this in. Women are the ones pushing the idea. A lot of women are the ones pushing the idea that like, yeah, I'll like Macy Gray just said, (laughs) whatever you believe you are, you are. And, and, and so for the, the hierarchy of oppression, something, a question when I've been being asked you, so, okay, white men, straight, non-gen, non-trans white men are at the top. Uh, you know, they're oppressing everyone. And so you said that women are beneath blacks, white in term, women. In terms of oppression. Oppression. Like, yeah. And so is there such thing as a black patriarchy in which the black women would be beneath black men? They're being oppressed by black men. And then uh, would in the, the women, justice. would those those straight women be a part of something black women um, that's oppressing black trans people or black gay men? Yes. Like. Yes. Are you are you talking about <laughs> I'm trying to the make social, sense of something that makes no sense. But it makes no sense. <laughs> I'm but trying. Yes. Yes. Within the social justice world, your gut is exactly right. The more of those identity oppressed identity groups you can claim, the more the the more you have it up, you have a one up on the other people. So yes, they would, they argue, this is what they call intersectionality. They say, so a black woman is more oppressed than a black man because she has to deal with being black and a woman Two oppression thing that, you know, two oppression matrices. So so tough being black woman. That's exactly how they judge it. And you know what? If anybody who's watching this, who's never been social justice, I'll just tell you, this is how a lot of social justice people vote as well. I remember when I was living in California, Kamala Harris was running for, oh gosh, what was she running for? I can't even remember now, but she was on my ballot and it was two democratic women running against each other. And I remember looking at them going, well, one is black and one (laughs) is Latina. Which one is more oppressed? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how social justice people vote i am not <laughs> kidding unless it's a republican then all then we see how they treat it doesn't matter if you're you can be all the different oppressed groups but if you're republican no no bueno no right, good right but as long as you're speaking the social justice ideology then they're going to pick you based off of how many oppression points you have but see this is why i don't understand how the quote-unquote woke stuff has lasted so long because it's so inherently self-contradictory that you think it would have imploded. It, it can't stand. Like the, the only people who I think would be true believers would be like people who've got mental issues because most other people, either they're on the outside to just have a cursory knowledge of it or the people who are a little bit further into it are doing it simply because of grifting purposes. Like they understand that 
you know, there are no real danger. If they're in a quote unquote marginalized person, they can scream at the system and say how, you know, racist and sexist it is, but deep down they know that they're not going to be punished for those positions and saying those things. And so I do think that a great deal of the people who embrace, you know, the woke stuff are, are grifters. Yeah. I mean, they, they are the ones at the top. Yes, of course. Yes. The ones writing the books and stuff and, and leading this whole belief system. Yes. So a lot of times I call them the, the high priests and priestesses of the movement. I, that's a phrase that my friend Gracie West coined as far as I know. And uh, she's right. They function like that. They, people look to them for as leaders of the, of the movement. So people like um, Ibram X. Kendi. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, Robin DeAngelo, these are sort of on a, on a large scale. These are, these are seen as like high priests of social justice and people look to the, and those people are total grifters. Yes, I don't think they believe what they're saying. I don't. Um, then you've got smaller, you've got these other kind of lesser high priests within your own communities. And if you have an encroachment of social justice in your community, I would argue. I, I would argue that you should go online if you're interested in pushing back against it. Find those social justice groups because you will find them. They do exist. Some of them are called courageous conversations. They have those in a lot of different <laughs> towns, and there's nothing courageous about them, and they're not conversations. <laughs> but there's a there's a group like that for Georgetown, Texas. It's full of social justice people, and within that group, there's our own little high priests of the movement within at in my little town, and everyone looks to them like they do uh, even Max Kendi and stuff to set the rules and to explain things to them. And whenever there's a confusion, like for example, I saw in this group, I don't know if I ever told you this, I have talked about it before on the podcast, but I saw in that group, they have a lot of new converts, like these really guilt, guilty, shame ridden white women for the most part who come in there and are like, I, I, yes, I want to end racism. I don't want to be a part of the problem. And, you know, please educate me, Jaquita. And the, that's really the name of one of the ladies. In that, in, She's a banana lady. <laughs> and so they come in these groups and then they learn all, they start learning all the new lingo. They learn that it's impossible to be racist towards white people. It's only possible to be racist towards people of color. And they learn about prejudice plus power and they learn all this stuff. And they learn that as white women, they're supposed to sit down and shut up and listen to black people and that black people have lived experience. They learn it's the whole cult thing. It's, it's the entire cult thing. But every once in a while, you'll have one of them because they're new converts. They haven't entirely turned off their brain yet. They're in that process of turning it off. And <laughs> so you'll see sometimes well-meaning white women who've just joined these, this social justice cult. They'll post something like Candace Owens, who's a black woman and a conservative. And they'll say, I just stumbled across this. Like, what, what, can anyone explain this to me? Because they're, what they're really looking for is what opinion am I supposed to have about Candace Owens? <laughs> Tell me what to think, please. Yes, that is what they're asking. <laughs> they're, that's what they're asking. And they'll say, even sometimes they'll say explicitly, I know that as a white woman, I'm supposed to shut up and listen to her because she's a black woman, but she's not saying the things that we've been taught in this group. That's kind mm -hmm. of the imply, right? And then they'll wait, and then one of the, the high priests of social justice within your little community will come in and, and then tell it, like, like in our town, um, Jaquita will come in and say, oh, no, that's, here's why the rules don't apply to this black person. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's like you, the Borg from Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. 
it's it's a uh, it's it's complete brainwashing um cult-like behavior and i don't know it's good to be in those groups though to see what's happening in your town um how, how can you stand that without like <clears throat> wanting to punch your computer screen like reading all that stuff yeah. and being in the group well crazy i actually did in that group i've pushed the envelope a little bit and to their credit uh i didn't get immediately banned uh i, I so i only try and push the envelope every once in a while i did an mm -hmm. april fool's day post that picture of me in the blue wig yeah and looking crazy and it was like i've converted i've seen the light you know and it was like <laughs> i've got what and it had all the contradictions in there in the ideology <laughs> i've learned that as a white person i should sit down and shut up unless it's a black person like candace owens and then she's been you know i was just like kind of going on about all the contradictory stuff they teach and they didn't kick me out they all jumped on me but they didn't kick me out wow um, surprising yeah it's surprising <laughs> so i'm wondering i'm going to read a couple of these super chats and then i'm wondering if we could i've got a fun video queued up let's see uh, this is not a super chat. I just want to say hello to Nina Infinity. She says, yeah, you do you, but you didn't get your first period. You have no idea what it's like to go through that. LOL. <laughs> yeah, true. Some of them are simulating periods now. Uh... Yep. Trans, um, trans women, these adult men who are simulating uh, periods and simulating pregnancy. There's... I saw a picture of, of this trans woman who in the workplace is going to work every day wearing a fake pregnant belly, all the different stages for nine months and is forcing his coworkers to pretend that he's pregnant. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? What can you say? I'm just like, uh -uh. this is, this is the world we live in. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hi, G Man. Thanks for the super chat, sir. He's he gives five dollars. He says, "Let me think. What is the version of reality they want me to repeat?" So hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That is why she sounds. These people, when they first um, get re-educated, they don't sound confident with what they're saying because they're not speaking their own opinions. So, oh, go ahead. Jules, uh, not a super chat, but just wanted to read this. She says, and no one believes that she believes it. It's also contrived. Yes. Mm -hmm. No one believes it. It's not confident. Surly Unicorn uh, says, who did she hurt? What hospital should I send the get well card to? <laughs> yeah. That's when they say, I'm sorry for the people I've harmed. Who? What? I, I, I kind of want to make a documentary to find the most marginalized person in the world. Like, what, what do you think of that category? Be a gay, trans, uh, handicapped person. Well, there's a clip. I can't remember what show it's from, but it's about the, it's something, somebody in the chat remind me, it's a gay Filipino Telta World operators are the backbone of this community. <laughs> 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 shouldn't this most like marginalized person group be like rulers like yeah. shouldn't we be nominating or like not even nominating we should just be you know choosing these people to be our leaders they should be the technocrats not yeah. Klaus Schwab I think it would have to be um, a gay transgender black little person <laughs> uh, Muslim <laughs> 
Yeah. That's what that would be at the very top. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Can we put pedophile on there too? Oh no, not yet. They won't let you do no, that yet. No, but no. they're going there. They're getting there eventually. Yeah. Andrew Joyner. Oh, Andrew Joyner, thank you for the five pounds, sir. He says, off topic, but I loved your conversation with so so Hila Devi. Informative. Oh, and hail Krishna. <laughs> thank you. You guys, last night, if you haven't seen it yet, I got to have a conversation with uh so Hila Devi about Hinduism, which I admit I know very little about, and also about um being a trans person who's not woke. And uh I really I really enjoyed that conversation. So you can check it out. I will I will say this. Uh some people, not not the majority of people, the majority of people <clears throat> seem to get, I guess, what I'm trying to do when I have conversations. But every once in a while, there'll be an occasional comment from someone who is upset that I didn't push back on something with, or, or sort of something like that. And <clears throat> I get that. I understand that, that, want, that desire to push back. And you're welcome to do so in the comments and in a, hopefully in a civil way. But um, when I have conversations, they're not like debates. And I'm really trying to have the same kind of conversation that I would have even if there was no camera with a person. And uh, one one thing about conversations that I found, and at least in my experience and the way I do it, is it's hard to get people to uh, see your point of view if you're not also open to hearing theirs without interjecting all the time about like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> so, and, um, and so I don't know if people do this regularly. I do. I have conversations like this. I had one last night. Um, you know, with a, a, a new friend and this in the, in the course of that conversation, this new friend was saying things that I completely disagree with. Um, however, I don't push back on all those things because you're going to hit that defensiveness and then there's nowhere to go. So in the course of a conversation, the, the, this person had said something about, um, how, uh, they, they like the fact that there's more fact checkers now online so that people can't put out all this misinformation, right? Okay, so I did choose to push back on that. I said, well, sort of, well, hey, this happened to me. I posted a scientific study from a peer-reviewed, uh, well-established scientific journal and Facebook took it down because they have a new terms of service which says they're going to remove stuff even if it's factually true, if it might cause vaccine hesitancy. Like, do you think that's okay that they have that... They, that they have that power just to say, well, you don't get to put these facts out there because we are, we get to choose what's morally harmful and what's not. Right. So we had a little conversation about that. And then later on, I'm just giving this as an example. If you try to have these conversations later on, this person said a few other things that I disagree with. And one of them was that the Supreme court can't be trusted and the world is so messed up that we should just get rid of the constitution and the Supreme court and start all over. Okay. Oh. Right, right. Okay, now I obviously <laughs> completely disagree with this. But it wasn't time for me to interject that then. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just I pushed a little on this one issue and we had made some headway. It wasn't time for me to push. It wasn't time for me to push. So I just listened and was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know. Uh, and, and I didn't agree. I just listened and let this person talk. But like sometimes you do that in conversation. That's how you establish a relationship and keep moving forward. And that's why that they will listen to you at because you haven't taken every opportunity to jump down a person's throat and say you're wrong. Like sometimes it's okay to hold your tongue. 
It's also a strategy to get a more truthful conversation going because there are some people, if they kind of know that it's going to be a defensive conversation, will kind of hold back on certain things that they might not want you to know about them. And so if, you know, you're more friendly and just allowing them to say what they say, say, they'll say a bunch of things that even if you think are kind of abhorrent, at least you know this is really what they believe and it's all coming out because I've established this kind of friendly rapport with them. Yes. And, and it's good to, like somebody said in the chat, practice active listening. And like you said, it's good for you to know what they think. Um, and, and I don't know, it's the groundwork for that. I don't know. It's the groundwork for rapport and for trust is, is the fact that you're able to listen to them and not always interject in a way you might be modeling behavior for them so that when you get around to saying some things that now that you've established this trust and rapport, when you get around to saying some things that they disagree with, and they find out, wow, she's disagreed with me this whole time on this thing, but she's just now saying it. And she hasn't treated me differently or poorly because she disagreed. Do you, do you, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's sort of, it's sort of modeling that. Anyway, sorry. Thanks for letting me have that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that last night and I was just like, yeah, this is, I don't really, I'm not interested in debates. I don't do, I, I like watching them, but that's not really, I'd, I like to have conversations. Um, Andrew Joyner, again, thank you, sir. He says, Benjamin Boyce has done some great interviews with detransitioners. Highly recommended. I've, I, don't, I don't know if I've seen his. I know he also talked to Helena, but I, I do like him. So go check out his channel. Sonora Baptiste for $10. Hello, Sonora. He says, so I guess if a straight white male is in a classroom with all black people, the white person should feel oppressed too, right? <laughs> what do you... You you would, you know, think, but it's, it's a weird thing about, you know, the, the whole definition of uh, white people who can't be racist to black people because racism is uh, prejudice plus power. The whole definition of what racism is that they're trying to put for it. I mean, you're essentially saying that racism is relative. And so if a black person goes over to China, I mean, black people have no political power in China. So is it okay for me or any other black person to start like comparing them all to monkeys or something like something incredibly racist and say yeah. like, all these terrible things about their appearance is that okay i mean because hey, we have no power social justice people would say um that if you do that if you if, if a black person uses racist or slurs against a chinese person that it's not racist that it's simply prejudice that's right but that doesn't make sense because they're saying the power, though, but I have no power. So if, if and when, say, if you want to look at it at a global scale, if and when China becomes the global power, will it then be, will, will racism be coming out from them towards everyone who's not Chinese? Because they have that power, right? They can't, they cannot answer that question. And, try and try, they, it would stun them. <laughs> and all throughout history, there have been certain civilizations in different parts of the world that were more powerful, quote unquote, power, than other groups. So, would you look throughout history and say, you know, this era in history, you know, this group in this part of the world was, you know, had the power, therefore they were being racist? I mean, they will try and argue that um, that Asian people when they are successful or when they have power in a certain society, or if they have higher test scores, or if they have higher um, mean uh, average income, 
than white people. They, they argue that that's just because Asian people are white adjacent and that they're still <laughs> operating within a white supremacist system. I guess they're just really good at operating within that system. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just going to ignore all the uh, Chinese, you know, railroad workers that were brought over here and worked essentially as slaves and ignore all the Japanese Americans that are round up and put into internment slash concentration camps during World War II. Just going to ignore all that and say, eh, you guys are white adjacent. Which means yeah. You always have privilege. Yeah. Well, everything that they do is they, the, the entire social justice ideology robs people of color of agency. It robs them of, yeah. of the ability to do It's like you are they teach it's it's very similar to white supremacy they teach that you are under the thumb of of white oppressors in everything that you do that the whole society is stacked against you and that you ca you can't have power that, that they do they say the same thing about women that you can't have power and and they truly they don't have like this example you're giving sonora like what if in a context where everyone in the room is is uh, black and you're the only white person, is it possible for them to be racist? Would a social justice person <laughs> say it's possible for them to be racist to you in that room? They would still say no. I, as a woman, owned my own business. I had power in that context. I could, I could, I chose who I hired, what clients I took on. I had, the, I had the power, if I were sexist, not to work with men. They would still say that's not sexist. That's just prejudice towards men. Not crazy. It, it, it makes no sense. It's why I just I don't understand how it's lasted this long. It should have caved in on itself long ago. That's bad. Bad ideal. I think it's a matter of just repeating something enough times and being the loudest people in the room, and couching it in a good moral outcome, like saying that the, you have good ends, and so that justifies the means. Solzhenitsyn, what are those quotes um, that Solzhenitsyn talked about this, about how um, ideology is what gives the tyrant, I think he used a different word, but ideology is what gives gives them the, the, the cover, the cloak that they need to do evil. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this is. It's like they have to wrap it in something good. They have to say it's about not harming people, that it's about ending oppression. What's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled? It's not convincing you he doesn't exist. I've heard that saying before. I think it's actually convincing us that racism is anti-racism. <laughs> like, like, it's sort of like we got to a certain important point in society where we had been progressing towards these ideals of these, these liberal ideal, ideals of individuality and treating people as individuals based on their character and their behavior and not based on what skin color they are, not based on their sex, you know. And we had been, we started progressing towards that and we were making so much progress. And then it's almost like, I feel like the devil's like, I gotta find a new way to sell racism. <laughs> like, how am I gonna sell it? Cause it's really not catching anyone. Well, what if we call it anti racism? <laughs> like, but they're, 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 they're all fighting battles that are already won. Like, it's the, these, you know, all the marches for Black Lives Matter, all the feminist stuff, like, none of this threatens the powers of the elites. This is why they all back it. That's why they all have the LGBTQ flags, you know, during Pride Month and changing their logos and everything. This is no threat to them. 
And that's why they, they, they support it. You know, they try to direct people's anger and their angst towards things that don't really affect the system, that, that, that doesn't put it in danger. Yeah. And these people who are, are taking part of it are just, they're too stupid and they have too big of an inferiority complexes to realize that. So all they see is just collective action and, and the group and wanting to belong to something. And it's safe. I think that maybe part of why they're not going against a lot of the corporate masters it's because, you know, they they want to be able to rebel in a safe way that they know is not going to threaten their livelihood or their lives. It's very rebel in a safe way. They see it's not even rebellion. When I was like, they think it is. They think it is. It's so funny. It's um it's such conformity. When I was at New York City Pride a, a week and a half, two weeks ago, with a great group of people. You know, you know, I was there. I was there with the Billboard Chris. Uh, Mike Harlow, Alex Stein, the dangerous rhetoric guys. And we had, we were doing the billboard crest thing. We had on the billboards about how children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And we were walking New York city pride. And one of the things I was saying, I think it was to Mikey, but it, it, I was just kind of looking around at people. And I was thinking about how all of these people who are all dressed the same and all wearing the same rainbow colors and the same shirts and the same, you know, they're, they're conforming. And, but they, all of them, I bet you, especially the young ones think that they're rebelling right now. Don't they? Mm -hmm. They're out there like, yeah, resist, you know, I mean, it's, and it's like, dude, banks have floats in this parade. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you, who are you resisting? Look at all these corporations lined up with dancers on their floats. Like, mm -hmm. give me a break. But they can't see it. It's something really funny about no, that. But like um, said, there's got to be on a deeper level. They understand that there's going to be no real threat to them by doing this. There's no real threat. No, not at all. Uh, it, it's it's like it's the it's the illusion of rebelling. It's it's like you said, it's a safe kind of rebelling that's not mm -hmm. rebelling at all. Yeah, you, like, know, you know what rebellion was? Was us walking in those billboards through yeah, the Pride, yeah. <laughs> Pride Parade. If you want to get a taste of what it's like to be a rebel, go go with Billboard Chris and put on one of those billboards <laughs> and have people yell at you and like, shame, shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one, I just let me put this on the screen. Dion is the lady of perfect quotes she's always got the best most applicable quotes and she went and found the solzhenitsyn quote i was talking about she's ideology that is what gives evil doing its long sought justification and gives the evildoer the necessary steadfastness and determination yeah you have to have a good reason right to get people to fall in line with an evil belief system that teaches them to treat people differently on the basis of race and sex you have to tell them it's for a good reason <laughs> And that's why I refer to, uh, you know, my job where we're going through all the woke training, diversity, equity, inclusion, I refer to it as grooming. So it, it just feels like everyone is just, being, they're trying to redefine words and language and trying to get people to go along with things that on the surface seem reasonable and, you know, fighting for quality and diversity. It seems like nice things. Most people wanted those things, but as we know that there's a lot there's a deeper, darker agenda at foot. And it's all about getting people to go along step by step by step into, you know, serving this agenda without realizing just how evil it is. Yeah. 
That's why you have to have, when you try to have conversations with people who are being pulled into it, you have to have that listening ear and be, I don't know, like with that, with the, the conversation I was talking about where I had to let this person say all these things that I think are wrong without jumping down the throat because I want to be able to push back in very specific ways. That are, and I want to be heard on those chances that those opportunities you do take to say something, you know, you can't, it can't be, I don't think it can be across the board because they're in the middle of being, they're being pulled into a whole, it's not just a few, it's not just like disagreeing on a policy position. They have a worldview, an entire worldview that's upside down in my opinion. And so it's, it's really hard to break through that. And, and if all you're doing is just, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. They're not going to listen to you. <laughs> like, they're not. So. Right, right. Yeah. Dion has another great quote. The devil doesn't come dressed in a red cape and pointy horns. He comes as everything you've ever wished for. Tucker Max. Wow. Yeah, that is a great quote, though. And then Jules R. had a question for us. So who wins out of a black man and a white woman? I know that social justice answer. Do you? Yeah, it's got to be the black man. It's the black man. still has privilege. Yeah. 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 They'll, now they'll say the man has male privilege, but on the privilege stack, on the oppression hierarchy, um, they put black ahead of, they, they say black is more oppressed than uh, female. <laughs> so, so he has more oppression points. So that's the answer. One day we'll do a game. <laughs> <laughs> Need to try just drawing it out on a chart to see if it makes any sense. I have drawn it out before. Have you? I'm trying to make sense you of it. It's lost? crazy. Yeah. 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 I've also done a, one of those box flow charts of like when you're having an argument with a social, like how to have an argument as a social justice warrior. And it's like um, when you're, when you're confront, when someone's confronting you and they're not a believer, it's like, are they black? Uh, or no, it's like, are they white? And if the answer is yes, it's like, you're wrong because you're white. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you just follow the flow chart. If they're not white, it's like, are they a man? Yes, you're wrong because you're a man. <laughs> That's exactly how they do it. Uh, okay, and then we have one more of these. And then G-Man, thank you, $10. He says, I recently witnessed a young pink-haired gentleman enter a coffee shop with a jacket that said rebellion on the back. He was the only one in the place wearing a face mask. <laughs> that's the that's the height of it. I do you remember back when I found I don't know if I sent it to you. It was somebody was selling these face masks and the face mask said resist and had a black power fist on it. <laughs> you have to laugh I like, I like at it. It's to be like right over their mouth, so it looks like the fist is going into their mouth. Yeah. Resist. I'm such a rebel. I'm such a rebel. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's the epitome, G Man. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen it's like the most conformist that I was at a thrift shop and there were was that the time you were there with me and we saw those three gender queer kids and they were they all had differently colored hair, like the the bright colored hair, and they all had face masks on and tats and piercings and they were all like conforming in exactly the same way. Were you with me? I don't think I was there, no. Okay. Well, that was kind of funny. <laughs> okay. So I have a video queued up. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Now, you and I mentioned this the other night, but we haven't 
watched it yet. Uh, this is the Beavis and Butthead. So you've seen the whole movie, right? Yes, I did. Um, let's see. Yeah, Mike I, Judge was recently on uh, Joe Rogan's show. What'd you say? Mike Judge was recently on Joe Rogan's show. What did he have to say? I only saw clips of it, but he was talking about idiocracy. And, you know, Joe Rogan was remarking, as many of us do, about how much real life is starting to resemble idiocracy. And Mike Judge was talking about the making of the film and how tough it was to film and all the issues they had. But it's an interesting clip. I should watch it. I want to see the movie. Okay, here's the... I don't, I, don't, I don't have, there's a couple different versions of this clip going around. I don't know which one this is, but we'll get the picture. If you guys haven't seen this, this is the white privilege, part of the white privilege clip from Beavis and Butthead. Okay, so white privilege is when white people, particularly men, automatically assume they can take whatever they want. Step aside, please. We have white privilege. <laughs> Yeah, 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 check it out. Hey. Don't worry, it's okay. We automatically assume we can take what we want. We don't have to worry about that. Now I have the skills for today's workplace. Okay, they eventually, they get in that cop car to steal it. And when the cops come over, they're like, it's okay, we have white privilege. <laughs> well, there's a funny part, like, right before that, where... Uh, when they first walk into the uh, auditorium uh, and the, they're talking about white privilege and, you know, someone says that people's butt have white privilege. You're like, what, 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 is, what is white privilege? And this black woman in the uh, audience starts talking and this white guy with like a ponytail is like, no, I got the Shaniqua. And he starts explaining <laughs> like what white is. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you think that clip is online? <laughs> what, did I think it's out of line? Do you think that one is online? Oh, online? Uh, it's got to be. Okay, hold on. I'm going to find that one. The original yeah. one that I saw was um, longer than the one we just showed you guys. So mm. let's see if we can find. Here we go. <coughs> oh, this guy is doing commentary. Yeah, wait, but I've got it. I've got it yeah. queued up. Okay. Uh, okay. I think this will work. This is on Sky News. Da -da. White splaining, surly unicorn says, yeah. <laughs> Can you see that? Um, let's see. It's usually delayed. So far, nothing. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> this is a classic example of white privilege, and you both have it. Uh, what's that? Anyone want to fill them in? Um, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, so white privilege is when white people, particularly men, automatically assume they can take whatever they want, and they never have to worry about getting stopped by the police. And they have the inside track for any job they... I got they... this one, Aisha. <laughs> they have the inside track for any job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love that. White privilege. Oh, and we have that? You sure do. <laughs> I see. Oh. 
Oh, yeah, there we go. We have white privilege. <laughs> yeah, 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 check it out. Hey. Don't worry, it's okay. We automatically assume we can take what we want, and we don't have to worry about the police. It's okay, you didn't know. We didn't either. Yeah. Let's stop now. It's okay, you didn't know. This is what we were taught, sir. This is what we were taught. Yeah, we're subverting existing paradigms. <laughs> yes, that's right. Beavis and... Uh, that was so good. Okay. And the, oh the woman playing the professor is Tig Nataro. Uh, she's like a comedian. She's oh, lesbian. Yeah. And okay. she's like on Star Trek Discovery stuff. And so I was like, I was surprised that she's in, in that segment. I was like, is she okay with that? I, I, I don't really follow her. I don't know where she, she lands on the political spectrum, but you know. It's really surprising to me that she would be part of something that's poking fun of wokeness. Yeah. So that's encouraging. Maybe it's just the power and the allure of working on a Mike Judge project, right. you know? Uh, I wonder if she's going to get backlash for that, though. I think he froze. Oh, you still there? Back? oh yeah, you're back. You're back. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, so today... Uh, we just wanted to do a really casual Friday episode and hang out. And uh, I've got to go buy a new computer, guys, because my MacBook died uh, and uh, nothing happened to it. You should know this. It was a it, it was a, it was pretty new. I think it was like less than two years old. It just powered off. Nothing was spilled on it. It wasn't dropped. Nothing. And then I had to go on this wild goose chase to lots of different computer places and the Apple store and then an Apple service provider. And basically they said, oh, yeah, on all the machines since 2017, we solder the data drive inside so it can't be removed. So it's almost virtually impossible to get your data back if you didn't back it up. And the motherboard's fried somehow inexplicably. That so sucks. isn't that crazy? Yeah. So um, I'm going to go get a different kind of computer. computer. <laughs> Probably whatever we can get a good deal on. Um, Anthony's been looking up stuff. So, um, but I appreciate you guys hanging out today. I was really fun to hang out with you during the day. Mystery Chris. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah. I would love to do more of these one day. We'll have enough money that we can steal you away from your day job. So that you're here during the day. I think that would be a blast. And I'll be fully wokeified. It's a race against time. Carrie. Oh, I've got to get you before the DEI training does. I know. <laughs> At your job. <laughs> <laughs> I got to steal you away before you become one of them. Same. A zombie. <laughs> zombie. You guys, Therese, Lissa K, I see all you guys in the chat. Sonora, thank you guys. Divina, uh, thanks for hanging out. And um, uh, yeah, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. I think that's Bye. it. Bye. When will I see you again? Um soon we'll we'll, we'll let's we'll, okay. we'll do something soon okay okay goodbye Bye. <laughs>